Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast, where each week we discuss typically two episodes of the Pokemon series, the anime. I am your host, Alex, and I'm here with my co-host, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Hey, guys. It's me, Jacob. I love sports and football. Wow, Jacob. That was so insightful. Thank you for sharing. And I'm here That was also a much lower octave than (laughs) Jacob has. I don't know what I was going for. And I'm here with my other co-host, the voice you hear now, Austin. Hi, Austin. Hey, guys. It's me, Austin. Oh, my gosh. Well, as you can tell, it is just the two of us again. So we're off to a fantastic start, as usual. Jacob is MIA again. Correct. How do we feel about that? He said he had work-wise to do. Yes, he has a life, unlike us. So we wish Jacob all the best. He's studying for a test. Go, Jacob. Pass your test. Hopefully, you'll be back with us at some point. But anyway, we're here today. We are discussing not the Pokemon series this week. We decided to shift gears again and go ahead and finish up Electric Tail Volume 4. Let's just get it out of the way. It's actually, this, I don't know about you, Austin, but I actually have been enjoying reading these, so. Hmm. Well, which manga do you want to do next? Well, you're the expert, not me. We got some options. Okay, but before we talk about that, let's talk about what we did this week. I think last time I forgot to talk about the week talk segment like we usually do, but I'm not typically the host, so I've been improving this whole time. So what have you been doing this week, Austin? What have I been doing this week? Well, yesterday you invited yourself over to my apartment. That's false. I was invited. <laughs> That's not false. <laughs> I'm like a vampire. I can't come in unless you tell me that I can. Yeah, but you can still show up at the front door and knock. I did. Anyway, um, so a um, vampire named we Alex. We did came plan. Over. We did plan. Don't give the wrong impression. Now I did tell Austin I was coming. I didn't walk in on him on the toilet or anything. Okay. And I had a whole like litany of like a horror movie because it's October. Yes. I had a whole like series of events to watch, <laughs> and Alex like bailed after the first movie. I was like, well, never mind. Well, I had some some stuff I had to do, and I wasn't feeling too great, but that's okay. But we did got we got one movie out of the way, and it was actually pretty enjoyable. What did we watch, Austin? Tell the people. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes, it was. Okay, I know what you're thinking. That sounds awful. But actually, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> I was actually pleasantly surprised for what it was. Is that mm. weird? I don't know. I don't have any comment to make. <laughs> I'm just thinking we should have watched <laughs> Troll 2. Well, okay, that could be our next thing. A much more entertaining movie, I would say. I mean, this was... This was entertaining... It was shockingly competent. Yes. There was... Okay, so let's break it down. We had the the setup. Okay, the setup was stupid. It's a bunch of teenagers at, like, the makeout... Yeah, actually, they're, like, 40-year-old people, but that's okay. They're at the makeout spot with all the cars, because it's a typical 80s movie. They see a shooting star. They have to investigate. And the shooting star turns out to be a giant circus tent. I don't know. The whole time I was thinking, we were both thinking, like, what was the budget for this movie? Because it surprisingly seemed like the special effects and the props were pretty, like, 
high quality. <laughs> yeah, at some points it seemed like it had like a pretty substantial budget, and at other points it seemed like it didn't have any budget at all. But for the most part, it seemed like they had money to burn. Their budget went to probably the clown costumes and the couple times they had to blow up a couple cars. I mean, overall, it was a good movie. The clowns came. They were, like, killing all the townspeople. Sorry if this is a spoiler, but this movie came out in the 80s, so if you haven't seen it already, I'm sorry. Welcome to Out of the Circus Tent, a Killer Clowns from Outer Space podcast. Yeah. Where each week we talk about Killer Clowns <laughs> from Outer Space. We probably could make something out of that for a few weeks, at least. Dissecting the plot. There was the one shower scene, as all 80s horror movies have. But it was pretty tame for a shower scene. It was it, like there was literally nothing. Yeah, there was nothing. She like her legs. That was it. And then the the killer popcorn that was like all over her. Just watch the movie. But it was good. It was good. What else did you do, Austin? Anything else fun, exciting? Oh, just here and there. Nothing too exciting. Um, nope, nothing. Okay. Well, I didn't do anything hardly really either. I have been watching Bleach. I made it through a good part of the episodes, but Austin got mad at me because, as I always do, I dropped off the wagon and started watching Impractical Jokers instead. At least get to them saving Rukia, for Okay, sake. okay. <laughs> I didn't make it to the end of the Soul Society arc, but I will. But I just, I don't know, I was feeling in a comedy mood, and so I'm like, I need to watch something funny and mindless. So I started watching Impractical Jokers. I know you're not, like, a big fan of that stuff, Austin, but I am just been watching some tv working i was sick for a while but i'm better now so that was about the highlight of my last couple weeks damn i'm having like a crisis do i do i really not do anything do i really not do a single thing i mean i feel like most people don't really i mean most people do the same things every day right i mean yeah just monotonous stuff like nothing boring like who wants to hear about my getting new tires no one actually i do because that's like that's the like our our life right now it's like oh adult stuff and like working getting new tires i have to bring my car in for an oil change i mean these are just real life things that people do yeah i got the oil change too okay good (laughs) okay well we're we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about pokemon because that's what really matters in life right pokemon right Let's talk about it. Okay, so has there any been any real new news with Scarlet and Violet? Did we talk about Wiglet last time? I don't even know. I don't think so. Wiglet. I was excited for Wiglet. I'm I'm glad you're excited. Austin is impartial. He doesn't really care one way or the other about Wiglet. I really don't care about Wiglet. Okay, what do you care about? Um, the giraffe rig evolution. For Rigoraf? Yeah, for Rigoraf. Super cute. I've always liked giraffe rig, so it makes sense that I like this one. Really? I feel like I've never known that about you. Like, you've never it's said... It's not like oh, my favorite, but it's cute. I mean, it's kind of a forgettable Pokemon. It's a weirdo. It's a weird one. It's just a, a single stage. Well, it was. I mean, it well, was. And then... <laughs> I don't know. It just... I never used it. I've never used it in any of the games I've ever played. So, I mean, I'm happy for it. I'm happy for it that I got an evolution. What else? Any other thoughts on the new info that's dropped so far? We're not that far off from the game, so. No, um, I'm really not, like, I'm not sitting around being like, I can't wait for Scarlet and Violet to come out. <laughs> a, I have other things going on in spite of what I might have said a few minutes ago. Uh, getting those tires, important business. I know, it's true. I got ugh, annoying adult crap to do. I'm not saying the promotions have been bad. They just have not been tickling my fancy. I feel like this happens every time. Like, I can't ever recall, even though maybe it's just because 
we get like a Pokemon release every year or every other year. That might be it. But you would think that, okay, I would remember how they marketed it in the past, like all the stuff they've done in the past. But I just, it always is a void in my mind. Like I block it out and forget. And then we get to this new cycle of stuff and I'm like, what did they do last time? I don't know. It feels like they haven't said as much this time. Like, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I loved Legends Arceus, so maybe I'll love this. I don't know. It just feels like it's too soon. Legends Arceus, ah, you're right. It just came out in, what, January? But it's so different. Like, And they really didn't advertise it, it felt like. It really didn't, like, I don't know. It was kind of like a one-off sort of like, okay, here's this game that's like different from all the other Pokemon games. It's a mainline game, but not really. So now we're getting another one, as we always do, around Black Friday time. If you're in the U.S., uh, but. maybe maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll. I'm not saying I anticipate not liking it. I'm just saying I'm not like thinking about it. I don't know how I feel about it so far. Like we, from what we've seen, we've got like the three different paths you can do, like the gym battles, the Titan Pokemon, the Team Star stuff. Like I don't. That's always the case. There's always. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like they're making a big deal out of like you can do three different things like go your own way but i'm like but you're right it's the same formula it's just broken up into like parts i'm like okay well this isn't any different i will say that i really like the pokemon every pokemon they've shown so far i've been like i like them like the designs are on point this time the only one i'm just sort of like eh, is fido because i think it looks a lot like yamper color wise and i'm just like eh. yamper's cuter yeah it is i mean it's an electric dog instead of a doe dog I, I don't know but yeah that's the only one but my opinion might change depending on its evolution if it has a really good evolution who knows Well, does that wrap up our week talk segment? Yeah, I'm sorry. I really don't have anything to say about Scarlet and Violet. I'm sure I will <laughs> when I actually play it. We'll report back in a month and a half. God, it's only a month away. Jeez. Oh my I know. gosh. Thanksgiving is like coming I'm not up. I'm going to have time and... in the day to play this game. I know. Jesus. Let's talk about Electric Tail Volume 4 because that's the real fun stuff. Oh, I thought we were talking about Pokemon Live. I can't wait for Pokemon Live. I'm like vibrating with excitement i can tell i can tell <laughs> when okay austin's the king of our schedule so i'm sure he'll tell us at the end when we can anticipate 
doing that, which you should all tune in for because Pokemon Live is the absolute pinnacle of a Pokemon experience. But no, we're doing Electric Tail. We're doing let's Electric Tail, which let's, is let's also just as good. So maybe, well, maybe not just as good, but it's pretty good. So we are on volume four, the last of this saga, I guess. Surf's Up Pikachu is the title of it, and it's by Toshihiro Ono, and it sort of loosely kind of sort of follows the show, kind of more so in the later books, but it's interesting. It's an interesting take on the early episodes up to the Orange Islands, so let's talk about it, Austin. I guess I'm doing chapter one. Do you want to? I can start. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, I'll just do chapter one, because there's really nothing to the first chapter. Okay, chapter one, Attack of the Demon Stomach. It really feels like they really rushed the Orange Islands, probably because there's so few episodes to pick from. Yeah. And I don't know what the publishing schedule was like, but it was like, we only got a few left. Let's crank these out. Okay, I have a question before we start. Yeah. Based on the timeline, like when Orange Islands episodes were airing, when did this come out relative to that? I do not know that answer. All I know is the finished product we have. Because I'm just curious if this was before or after. It had to be concurrent. Right. I mean, because as we've said before in the past couple of episodes, we've talked about this. The episodes and the, sh- the manga have kind of gotten closer and closer, like as a one for one as it's gone on. Which reaches its apex with this chapter. Yeah, this is pretty much, and we'll discuss it, but I think, and I'm not sure, I'm just guessing, but the first volume was probably done without any input you know it was very different and then this fourth iteration is like basically the same so i'm kind of wondering if that was a conscious choice or if somebody told him like hey you need to make it like you know a compliment to the the show and not differ too much i'm not i'm just so curious i don't know oh no if you're listening stop (laughs) drawing boobs and call us yes let us right in but anyway, it's, it's just interesting, but let's let's talk about it. Go ahead. This is basically the same. Okay, this one, Attack of the Demon Stomach, is the same as the episode where Ash catches Snorlax. Pretty much one for one, with a couple adjustments. Those adjustments being, there's no Tracy, there's no Misty, there's no Team Rocket. Tracy doesn't exist. He was not born in this <laughs> timeline. He didn't sprout from the ground with his headband and nope. his hair. Team Rocket's MIA... Um, and so is Misty. And, oh, you know what's really funny is Togepi never makes an appearance through this whole thing. And you know what? Nobody missed it. You didn't even notice. Didn't even notice. Same thing. Ash goes on the Grapefruit Island. There's a Snorlax. It's eating everything. There are some small differences, such as instead of swimming from island to island, it does, like, an incredible Hulk jump from island to <laughs> island. I love that. It starts jumping up and down and, like, launches itself hundreds of miles away to the next island. <laughs> Cute. The random girl of the day, Ruby, she kind of takes over the role of some of the other characters. But essentially, they give up. But unlike the show, where they know there's a Jigglypuff stalking them at all time, they cry to the skies, if only there was a Jigglypuff nearby that could help us. And then a random Jigglypuff walks by? <laughs> that was a definitely a deus ex machina moment. It was like, oh, here's the Jigglypuff to save the day. It was pretty funny. Um, Ash manhandles it. He, like, grabs it and is like, sing, Jigglypuff. It does. And he throws it away like trash. Poor thing. And then he catches Snorlax and then the chapter's over. This was a bore. This boring. Boring, boring, boring. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, Ruby tries to kill Ash with bows and arrows and murder him. If only. 
Actually, but this is, that would be sad because I, I don't mind this version of Ash. This version of Ash is okay. Oh, what do we think of his outfit? He's wearing like a tank top and pants. I can't remember. He's wearing like a like an oversized t-shirt and like a boxer shorts. I mean, he's like sh- like trying to schlub around in the wilderness. I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, what's more practical? Like a grubby old shirt and like comfortable pants? I mean, he's in the islands. And I think a couple of times he says how hot it is. So he just wants to be comfortable versus wearing like shorts. Was he wearing like underwear? Yes, he is. Because we're going to get to the next chapter. Oh, okay. Like you said, Ash catches Snorlax. That's cute. Unfortunately, Snorlax doesn't really make any sort of major appearances at all for the rest of the time, which is kind of a shame. And at the end, he kind of um, even sort of contemplates like dumping it into the ocean and abandoning it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was really... I don't know, crazy, because uh, it eats like eight hundred pounds of food or something, right? I guess he doesn't. He doesn't have the oak laboratory in this. No, he has no resources. He- oh shit! Where did where did all the Pokemon go? You know, actually, I think that's a good like continuity thing. Like, you know, Ruby kind of points out he's like, or she's like, how are you going to take care of him? Like, he eats all this food, and Ash is like, oh shit, you're right. What am I going to do? Maybe I should just leave it here. I think you should take it to Mount Silver and just stand on top of the peak all day. In silence. Mm-hmm. Stoic silence. All right. Should we move on to chapter two? Please. Okay. We're off to a great start already. Please, please, please. Okay. Chapter two is got a weird title. It's called You Bet Your Wife. At least that's a pun. At least I understand what they're going for. I understand it, but it's a little interesting, especially because this episode. Th- okay. So this is the Rudy episode, as we've discussed, when they go to Trovi. Is it Trovita Island? I think so. Okay, so it starts off much the same, except for, okay, actually, I take that back because we've kind of done things out of order. Ash has already gotten three of the four orange badges, and this is the last one. We missed Danny. We did, but that's okay. Did we really need Danny? I wanted to see what they were going to do with him in this. Well, we didn't get to see what's-her-face with, like, the soda can gym. Sissy. Yeah, Sissy. And we didn't see Danny and his, like, climbing Mount Everest challenge, and we didn't see... Luann? What's her name? Luanna? Luanna. And her, like, have you seen my son? He's missing episode. That could have been fun. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly kind of wish they kind of did that, because I would have liked to see how they, like, handled Ash being, like, a doppelganger for this kid, but alas. Rudy's probably the best choice to make of the four. Eh, yeah, I guess. Spotlight. Well, that's because we can involve Misty, which it does, just like the show. So basically... He bumps into Misty on the island unexpectedly. She had sent him an email, but he didn't read his emails, so he didn't know. They end up like, okay, let's just like hang out and island hop. I think this is where Misty gives him some shit about his clothes, right? Yes, this is the best part. All right, talk about that. I didn't write anything down. (laughs) Oh, well, she points out exactly what I said. He's wearing a grubby t-shirt and boxer shorts. And so Ash, like, kind of, like, is like, can you blame me? It's hot out here. And he, like, kind of manspreads on a bench and shows her his penis. Oh, yeah. Which pops out some flaps. So I'm like, Ash, boy, this is why we wear pants. <laughs> oh, I think I forgot to mention at the, the start of this episode, we are an E for Explicit podcast. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so he shows her his cock. Yeah. And <laughs> Misty's like... You're showing, you're flashing me. And he's, he's like, I could never, I'm not, no longer pure and innocent. I could never <laughs> be married off or something like that. I don't know. A lot of this, and we understand that it's kind of a, 
it's a difficult thing to take a visual media and turn it into an audio podcast because there's a we lot. We don't of, see his penis. No, we don't. We do not. It's but, not like the Simpsons movie. Oh my god! But there's some visual like little things that he draws in there, and like you know, after that display, they decide. Hey, to- <laughs> hey! This is why I'm like Ash. Wear shorts. Yeah, he should. He, he wear like little short shorts. shorts. Wear something. Wear anything. Yeah, exactly. So that he can be censored, just like the other the other panels in the earlier novels. They should have made him a black void, like Misty was. Yeah, his uh, his pants were just a black void. Yeah. But anyway, they decide to hop around, go to different islands, see what's going on, just kind of take it easy. But they run into a drowning girl and her drowning seal that's caught in a whirlpool um, in some perilous rocks, and they rescue her, except for this time Ash has a Pokemon that can actually do something, Firo. Yay. And Firo rescues the girl. Yay. I don't remember what they did in the show. I don't either. I think it was just Lapras, right? They just oh, okay. swam up to her. I have no idea. I can't remember. But this is why I appreciate this sort of iteration of Ash, because he actually has Pokemon that can, like, get stuff done. Like Firo and Charizard, and he actually uses them to do tasks like that. Anyway, so they go to the gym. Coincidentally, this is where the same place that Myri lives. Her house is the gym. And surprise, her older brother, Rudy, is the gym leader. What do you think of his outfit? So Rudy is a lot more like... Flamboyant. Flamboyant, yeah. And he has like a a skin-tight leotard on with like really detailed, intricate like shoulder pauldron things <laughs> i wrote down it was sci-fi shakespearean it that's i couldn't describe it any better that's exactly what it is that's the aesthetic for sure they kind of get into it and ash so rudy basically declares that misty is going to marry him tomorrow and somehow they dress her in a wedding dress yes it like appears in front of her it, it, it appears on her yes somehow ash is enraged by this and misty again has her kind of egocentrical moment of like oh that does that mean that ash is in love with me yes misty that's what that means yes but not really because he just wants to challenge rudy to a badge match so that's what they do this is kind of exactly the same as the show they do the target shooting contest because i guess rudy wanted to get rid of ash so he can take her to his like dance studio oh yeah they like abandoned him halfway through it (laughs) (laughs) So they go to the dance. Well, this is the same. He he's like a dance instructor slash gym leader, and they get into a dance like battle, which I thought was funny. The next part, I kind of thought this was sort of interesting. Ash is made to sleep on the beach. Like there's like a panel where he's like on the beach in a sleeping bag, and Misty's not there. So I guess that means that she got invited to stay in the house, and Ash has to sleep on the ground outside. Um. So the next day, they have their three on three battle, which to my knowledge, is pretty much the same as it was in the show. Pikachu versus Electrobuzz at first. Pikachu almost dies after getting punched off a cliff, but Ash saves him the last minute. Did that happen in the show? I barely remember. Okay. Then we've got Bulbasaur versus Executor, which Bulbasaur still manages to win with a sleep powder, which... Boo. Yeah, boo. That doesn't constitute a loss to me. Boo. Rudy doesn't give a shit. No, he's just there to impress Misty, I guess. And then we've got our Squirtle versus Starmie battle to wrap things up. Starmie kind of throws Ash for a loop because it knows Thunderbolt. Starmie was cool. It was cool. 
and it kind of acted more like a starfish would. It was kind of floppy. Yeah, it wasn't like the the still image of Starmie they have. Yeah. Cycle. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was actually really cool. And keeping with the same visual style as we've noted several times before, the art's really cool. The way that he draws the Pokemon, I really enjoy it. So we kind of got that same thing here. Squir- so Squirtle ends up pulling a win when he hydro pumps his way out of a sticky situation. Hey, Yeah. Oh, that was a. Oh, that was more sexual than I thought it was. That was really bad. Okay. <laughs> Can we cut that out? <laughs> no, we cannot. Oh my god. Okay, that was so bad. Yeah, hydro pump. Bouncing a wow wow. String shot. Bouncing a wow wow. Sticky situation. A sticky situation. So yeah, basically, Myrie's heartbroken because it's not so much that she really cared about Misty. She just wants an older sister. So Rudy has this fantastic idea, like, well, Myrie, if that's all you ever wanted, I'll be your sister now. And he then decides to dress up in a dress and a wig and become her big sister. Very sweet. Very sweet. Yes. A much better ending than the show. Well, how did it end in the show? Oh, yeah. I Misty. Think, I think it's kind of leave. Yeah, they've had more emphasis on, like, which does Misty choose, Ash or Rudy? And then she picks Rudy. It's like, I gotta go with you to the orange league and rudy's like so that's how it is and then they leave this ties it up much better yeah this it's really not about misty it's about myrie and wanting a sister so rudy came through and became the sister that she always wanted yay happy ending good for rudy i will note the caption says rudy is really a guy Mm -hmm. and misty uses she pronouns in regards to rudy so I'm going to assume Rudy is a cis male who's cross-dressing. And he's also prettier than her, as she notes in her in her monologue. Well, who isn't prettier than Misty? I'm sorry, <gasps> oh Misty. Oh my god, that's so... <laughs> <laughs> I got oh my, my sensational god. sister. God, <laughs> that was the today. sickest burn I've ever heard come out of you. Well, don't set me up like that. <laughs> I did it. Poor Misty. She's not even a victim of the suspenders in this, and you still ripping that's her down. True. Well, what, out- what is she wearing? I can't even remember she had like a tank top on i don't know okay at least really she's not wearing attention. the dance suspenders yeah and when she was wearing the suspenders it was like she was like a stripper yeah well she changed her hair in this too she didn't have the side pony anymore so you can't make fun of her side pony she's been hearing what i've been saying about her yeah i guess um toshihiro ono also had the same thoughts about her fashion because he doesn't dress her in suspenders or the side pony hair so yeah good for her yeah. Uh, ironically, I think the side pony would make more sense in this since she's on a tropical environment. Well, her hair's like in a short bob, so... Okay. Oh, did she get a cut, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Okay. That was that. <laughs> now we're on to the Orange League. We're at the big leagues now. D- damn, that was fast. That was fast. We're not, we're not fucking around. There's no filler episodes here. No, no. No episodes where they see a bunch of Farfetch for five seconds. No... <laughs> What was up with that, anyway? That was a weird one. There was no Quackin' Poker episode. No little Merry Old England with the Romeo and Juliet. None Tony of that. Maria, Niederans. None of that shit. What else happened? There was a sewer Bulbasaur. Oh, yeah, with the corrupt mayor. Oh, the Pink Island. Pink and Island bullshit. Yeah, none of that. Straight to the okay. point. Can you imagine if they had had a chapter with a pink Pokemon and been like, all of them were like, wow, pink Pokemon, and they were all just... <laughs> In black and white. Like, yeah. <laughs> should have done that. That would have been hilarious. All right. Next chapter. The Orange Crew Supreme Gym Leader. Orange League Fruit Cup. That was cute. Okay. The Fruit Cup is here. Which. All right. Questions about the Fruit Cup. 
I love it. Best name they could have come up with. It is cute. I always get a fruit cup when I'm able to. Really? Yeah, yeah, fruit cups are the bomb. Do you do peaches only, pears only, or the mix? The mix. Okay, good. Okay, so I was trying to figure out, Ash was in the novice cup in Indigo. Now he's in the fruit cup. How does that correlate? Okay. Is it all, is there not different divisions? Okay, so let me, let's think back. They were, they made it a specific point to mention that he was in the novice league of the Indigo League. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, with wrestling, like the featherweight class, heavyweight class, like he was in the novice class fighting against people of his own caliber versus like a free-for-all where anybody gets matched up with anybody. But this is the fruit cup. Right. So I think, so he, at one point, not to cut into your assessment here, but he's talking to the receptionist at the Pokemon Center or something like that. We get this exposition from her. She's like, oh, weren't you in the Sweet 16 of the Novice League of the Indigo League? And he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, well, because you did so well. And this is the part that confused me. Maybe you can kind of like help deduce this a little bit. She's like, because you were in the Sweet 16 League class, like you got that far, you qualified to do the Orange Crew Supreme Gym Leader Challenge. Okay, it's very confusing. Yeah. Because, first of all, we're, we're stupid. Second of oh all, my God. because, okay, just to clarify, this is an actual league. This is a bracketed tournament. Yes. Unlike the show. In this, he's in a tournament, in the Fruit Cup, whatever that means, but they don't say how well he does in the Fruit Cup. Okay, so wait, let me let me back up a little bit. So yeah. in this show, all that you had to do was win the four badges to earn the right to challenge Drake. Right. The gym, or like the Supreme league leader. leader. Yeah, the league captain or whatever. That was all. Like, it doesn't matter. There's no bracketed competition. Like, you're not doing the four badges and then you're in the league competition fighting against trainers to then win the right to face Drake. Mm-hmm. Like... That's how this is. Like, he's got to earn, he earned the badges, then he got to, to qualify for the competition. Then he fought his way through the trainers. But because he also, so I guess there's an, a league tie-in, because the only reason he got to face Drake in the gym leader competition is because he was in the Sweet 16 of the Indigo League? So was the idea supposed to be he did so, well, he did well enough in the Fruit Cup, and that combined with, like, some sort of point system or something that he did in a previous indigo league get, put him over a total number of credits that qualify him to challenge drake as you can tell austin and i are trying to like suss this out as we are talking about it <laughs> well i guess say, did he win the fruit cup they don't even say so he won the tournament to get to drake i guess but he seems surprised by that. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Because they go to, like, the Hall of Heroes or whatever. And Misty's like, if you win against Drake, you can be in this Hall of Fame, too. I don't know. Yeah, because you're right. He did seem surprised. Because when the receptionist tells him, oh, you you win a chance to, like, face off against Drake. He's like, what? Really? Okay. It didn't seem like he had won the whole thing. I this is confusing. It's okay. Basically, all we need to know is he gets to face Drake. Okay, perfect. How many other people were facing Drake? No, Nobody. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they kind of said the same thing of, like, nobody's challenged Drake recently, and, like, nobody's ever been, ever able, been able to win against him. Like, I, I don't know. All right. 
It's okay. Anyway, anyway we're thinking so about tomorrow, this So tomorrow, Ash is going to face Drake, apparently. Okay, I, I did like this part, how they did this with the show. They didn't do this in the show. Like, basically, Ash had never met, or maybe maybe I'm misremembering. Did Ash know of Drake before? No, no one had ever heard of him before or since. Okay. All right. Well, in, this, in that case, I did appreciate this detail of Ash knowing who Drake was as a very famous talented trainer who he used to watch on television as a child like an idol he used to watch his competitions he's a well-known figure in like the league circuit and pokemon training in general and ash is pretty not starstruck but he has a reverence for him he respects him i appreciate that detail i don't know how you feel about that but i liked it yeah they made the orange league legit yeah like it's an actual league with an actual reputable trainer and it's an actual competition that people are, you know... It's actually televised, for yeah. one thing. Well, it's it's a respected competition where it's like, okay, there's some actual skill involved here. Like, not just some hokey-pokey backwoods whatever that it's like in the show. <laughs> I'm glad you've accepted my interpretation. I've accepted it. Yes, I have. Yeah. All right. So, Ash is on the beach of trying to figure out which Pokemon he's going to use. When Team Rocket are in a little cyber sailboat on the horizon, which explodes and deposits them on the beach. <laughs> and they're all yelling at each other because they're Team Rocket. I guess they haven't been following Ash. They're just kind of here. Uh, Ash is like, oh, hey, guys, do you want to have some dinner or something? Or I'll pay f- uh, my treat. And they're like, hell yeah. So they clean out his wallet <laughs> and eat him out of house and home. Oh, Ash like offers them to stay in his little like hotel room i I don't know why they're the best of friends all of a sudden but i mean this is okay how many team rocket interactions have we really had up till this point very few ash has only seen them three times actually no he's gonna see he's gonna have seen them four times but one of those we haven't seen yet okay so what are the what are the times we can recall that he's seen them the florinda Florinda. showers potter like destroyed wreckage wave thing they raided mimi's house and physically fought him over the clefairies yeah and the pikachu forest when was the okay what did they do at the pikachu forest they caught all the pikachus with cannon Uh, oh that's pokeballs okay but that so really ash has not really had any real sort of like beef with them they just sort of have come across their path a few times jesse need him in the stomach one time oh yeah when they got into the fist fight in mimi's house i think he clocked james yeah they (laughs) but i mean ultimately this is kind of an interesting dynamic that they have because they've kind of gotten into a few little like shenanigans before but they're not really enemies they they haven't been after pikachu i mean they're not it's not the same point so i'm not targeting him he's just around yeah, they just happen to, like, run into each other a couple times. He, Yeah, he's not their focus, their obsession. And so this little dynamic that they have where he's like, you guys look like you're really, like, in rough shape. Do you want to, like, get something to eat? Like, <laughs> I appreciate it. Ash is nice. He is much nicer. He's got a totally different personality in this. So Team Rocket's sleeping in Ash's little hotel room when Misty comes over to talk about something. And she's like, what the fuck is Team Rocket doing here? <laughs> Okay, next day, um, Ash is going to fight off against Drake the Great. Oh, boy. And Misty and Team Rocket are in the stands. Team Rocket's, like, completely Team Ash now, waving flags with his face on them and stuff. 
Jesse's cheering, don't look bad, don't look bad, ashy poo, to Missy's chagrin. Love it. We do Ditto versus Pikachu, but it's slightly different in that Ditto is the one that gets hit by the rocks, not Pikachu. And we get another weird, we get a claim that like Ditto is weak to electric shocks. I'm like, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. Thank you, Drake. All right. And then the chapter's over. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk about these next couple chapters because it's mostly, like, battling, so I'll try my best. <laughs> okay, chapter four is Pikachu TM, trademark, Pikachu, <laughs> trademark, plan. Why is Pikachu trademarked? I don't get that at all. I don't, that's odd. Like, I get, this is official licensed media, right? Like, I don't yes. understand that, but here we are. Maybe it's like some sort of holdover from when it was... They were publishing these as American-style comic books first. I guess. Right? So maybe they had to, like, make sure Pikachu was trademarked on the opening title page or something? I don't know. Uh, There's probably some weird legalese reason behind it that we just don't know, but I thought it was funny. (laughs) So this is the battle sequence. It's much different than what we got in the show, we basically get the first and the last battle. So we got the Pikachu versus Ditto Chew, and now we're getting the Dragonite Charizard kind of battle. We don't see any of the the interim stuff, like Onyx, Gengar, Tauros, Lapras, none of that. Yeah, this isn't Bleach. We're not devoting seven episodes all to one <laughs> battle. <laughs> this isn't Dragon Ball. It, well, yeah. Actually, you could probably turn that. If he had included all that, it could have been another two volumes, really. But We don't anyway, got time for that. We don't have time for that. Actually, they make it a point to say how unprecedented this is. It's actually a really quick battle. It's an unprecedented 37 minutes into the match, and Ash has already managed to get Drake down to his last Pokemon. Which, you know what? I believe. Because he did it really fast in the show, too. I was kind of shocked by that. I'm like, go Ash! 37 minutes. That's not a long time for a battle six on six. So, we're at the final sort of round. Ash has three Pokemon left. Drake only has the one, which turns out to be Dragonite. But Dragonite lives up to its reputation and basically sweeps Squirtle in one second. One second into the round, takes out Squirtle. Poor Squirtle. Poor Squirtle. Squirtle got screwed over in this. Bulbasaur got a whole chapter. Charizard has plot relevance. Squirtle has nothing. It never has any focus or personality. Sad. We don't get the whole Squirtle squad thing. None of that. This is just... We get the jaded Squirtle, and that's it. Gary's abandoned Squirtle. But that's not, but we just, we discussed this and we determined that that was not the Squirtle, right? I mean, it was a different it, Squirtle. It, it is and it is. I don't know. Eh, we don't really, it doesn't really matter. Ash decides to use his ace card, the Charizard that he has, which Team Rocket is surprised by this. They can't believe he's using this unruly thing because the last time we saw it, it nearly killed Charlie in a vicious attack. But this is okay now because Misty says that he's been training it constantly since Indigo and it actually listens to him now. So uh, We didn't get to see that, but we got to hear it. And that's nice to hear since Anime Ash did not do that. Yeah, thank God we have some like actual accountability here with Ash and his real desire to do better as a trainer. Like I mentioned, I much prefer this Ash and this personality to our show Ash. I wonder how many Moltres flames he went through. Oh, those stupid little torch trainer things? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they're really expensive, so I can only wonder. So we get this awesome battle that ensues between Charizard and Dragonite. 
it ends with the same thing that kind of happens in the show with a double dragon rage attack. Charizard ends up defeated. Ash then only has, and I think this differs from the show as well because I'm think I think after Charizard got knocked out, he called Squirtle out, and then Pikachu. Yeah, they cut out the war of attrition kind of thing. Yeah, like wearing it down a few HP here and there to get to the point where it's the final face off between Pikachu and Dragonite. This part was kind of cool. Misty tries a little FaceTime thing with Ash on his little, like, she, podium. Should FaceTime him from the stand? You're yes. allowed to do that? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, how, how is it any different than her and, like, Tracy or Brock standing there right behind him calling out shit to him? Like, It looked like she called him on her iPhone and, like, yeah. he just answered. Yeah. Yeah. She's, everybody's got these little, like, digital phone pad things, and she just called him, and she was like... Ash, you need to give up. Pikachu's clearly outmatched. He's going to die if you don't concede. And we kind of get, for the first time, a glimpse of, like, Ash's sort of battle determination. I don't want to call it, like, anger. No, he he slammed the phone on her. That's true. So he he's kind of letting... Well, I guess this sort of did happen before with the, with the Richie match, where he got his emotions um, to get the better of him, where he just allowed Charizard to continue wailing on Charlie... So he kind of has that emotional outburst again where he's like, no, I'm not going to concede and defeat. I'm going to keep going. Pikachu still wants to battle. So shut the hell up, Misty. I'm going to do this. Which I guess ends up working out in Ash's favor because, well, ultimately he doesn't even call this move. Pikachu kind of does this on his own. Pikachu trademarked plan. Yes. This was super cute and kind of, I don't know, kind of clever. It manages to avoid Dragonite's hyper beam attack by shielding itself in a reflect bubble and sort of riding the shockwave out oh, and away from the hyper beam. Sure. And it, <laughs> sure. You know, Pikachu's reflect attack that it has. Well, I mean, that was kind of a, maybe a, sort of a callback to the Eevee brothers thing where Eevee knew reflect mm. and mimic. I don't know. But it manages to survive and hang in there. And then this part was kind of cool. Because in the show, I think it just, Pikachu uses Dragonite's little, like, antenna hairs as, like, lightning rods. What are those? Are they antenna? <laughs> I have no idea. I think they're antennas, right? What, what else could they be? Okay. I have no idea. But instead of that, instead, we get kind of a more graphic depiction of the win in that Dragonite bites onto Pikachu's tail and Pikachu shocks the shit out of its mouth. It goes into its mouth. Yeah. Which... I guess that's kind of, Love a, it. you know, it's kind of the old, like, Achilles heel thing. Like, you slip past the, the hard outer shell, and honestly, it reminded me of that one scene in The Boys. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, for those who know, you know. <laughs> for those who don't know, well, go watch the show. I still haven't show. seen that, but, but I know, you know that you know what scene. I'm talking about. Okay. Yes. All right. So, anyway, nothing more to say about that. Uh, Ash wins! Yay! And also we get this little cute, like, cutaway panel where Brock is watching the match from, like, on top of a cliff somewhere. And he seems very proud of Ash, so I was, like, kind of touched by that. I'm like, oh, Brock. What do you think of Richie watching on a Jumbotron somewhere? Ugh. Okay, actually I say, uh, but Richie wasn't as unbearable as he was in the show, so I'm, I'm actually okay with Richie. Eh. Gary was there. Gary was there. We see his, like, the back of his head. <laughs> very mysterious. Yes. All right. Ash wins. And he wins, and he becomes the new orange supreme gym leader? I have no idea, but... No. 
I don't I know, know what he wins. He wins a spot in the Hall of Fame, I guess. I guess he gets a statue and everything. I don't oh, know. Oh, fair. We should have seen that statue. Alas. And now it's time to do something else. Because we're rewinding in time. Oh, yeah. This is the flashback chapter. This is weird. This must have been like some sort of supplemental something or another. Because now we're in side story. Ash versus Gary. You know what? I feel bad for saying this, but arguably I, I like these little funny chapters better than the rest of the book well it was more fun because it's it's not this one's not based on any episode i think no i think it might be based on like the westwood five slowpoke slowbro shelter psyduck thing do you remember that oh professor west west whatever his name was yeah westwood yeah okay sort of because they're on a beach and there's a slowpoke like end of comparison anyway um, this is a flashback to before Ash went to the Orange Islands. Okay. Ash got an invitation from Bill to the Pokemon Cutting Edge Technology Research something. Center. And center. I didn't write that down. <laughs> because they're having their annual open house. And Ash is just kind of looking around at, at stuff. Bill's around. Uh, and he's trying to show him the really exciting giant slowpoke. But Ash is too focused on Gary, who's also there, invited by Professor Oak. He's, like, you know, hyper-focused on Gary and bickering with him, I guess. Meanwhile, Bill is entranced with the giant Slowpoke, which apparently was found as a large amount of data in the storage system. And they extracted it, not knowing what it was, and it was a giant Slowpoke. I don't know what my thoughts are on this. Like... I guess there's more of an emphasis on Pokemon being, like, data in this iteration. Like, the way the Pokeballs work is different. They, like, become the Pokeballs. But they're I guess... digital monsters. Yeah, they're more... It's more of a Digimon kind of take on them versus, like, however they are in the show. Yeah, he, like, finds a piece of code. He's, like... What did he say? He's, like, doing a debug right. on the Pokeball retrieval and storage system. And they come across this, like this rogue piece of data which i mean i guess bill is like a data genius i i don't know but it could have been like a virus or something who knows but they like it should have been like porygon yeah that would have made more sense <laughs> maybe it originally was and you had to change it maybe yeah oh maybe because of the whole controversy but yeah he like debugs the system downloads the data and like somehow extracts it and it turns it into like a real live pokemon giant slowpoke so that was fun Apparently, the Slowpoke purposefully went into the data system on its own accord, so that's interesting. Well, we find out why. We yeah, find out well, the origins well, of the Slowpoke in a minute, but let's keep going. While Ash and Gary are not paying attention to the Slowpoke, Oak and Bill are shot in the heads and killed, and oh they're murdered God. in a pool of their own blood. <sighs> okay, stop. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> this was so... I don't even know. I was so shocked by this part. Oh my god. It's I, I I was thinking when I was reading it, I'm like, this is not the direction. I was like furiously typing notes. I'm like, Austin, this is not the direction I thought this was gonna go in. Like and it becomes a murder mystery for half a second. For half a second. Because they weren't actually dead. Um, to clarify, the panel actually shows Bill and Oak lying dead with blood yes. pooling out of their head like i'm not yes. even kidding 
it's not blood, it's tomato juice. Some kid dropped his can of tomato juice and they landed in it when they fell because Team Rocket hit them upside the head and they fell on the ground. Plot twist. <laughs> Gary is furious and he swears revenge on Professor Oak's grave, even though Professor Oak's not dead. He makes a point of that. He's going to go find Team Rocket, who apparently, I think they've stolen the Slowpoke. Yes. Ash is like, Gary, let's make it a competition. I'll find Team Rocket first. So Gary's off in his Arcanine, Ash and Firo are off, and they find Team Rocket at the exact same time. Team Rocket has a transforming Venusaur bot. Venus bot. Venus bot. And I guess they're going to fight. But Bill and Oak, who, again, are not dead, are so fascinated by Meowth that they're like, oh my god, that's a talking Meowth. We have to study it on a molecular level. So they grab Meowth and drag him away. Yeah, they're going to kill him and dissect him for science. Yes, we later see him, like, strapped to a lab table yeah. to be dissected. <laughs> Jesse and James have gotten the slowpoke, and they, like, call up Giovanni on Skype or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, just get rid of it. And they're like, well, what do we do with this thing? Meanwhile, Giovanni, making oh his first God. substantial appearance in this manga, Giovanni starts the recap for the audience. World domination plan number 586. <laughs> Which is amazing. This is a very comical, silly Giovanni. Is this, okay, is this like Heinz 57 where like, isn't the story behind that like, oh, it took 57 tries to get to like where we are now or something like that? I, and I don't so know. This is like number 586, like the 586 plan they've tried to implement. Of, of God knows how many. Uh, yeah. Where is Mewtwo on that list? Mewtwo doesn't appear or exist apparently in this. Team Rocket scientist uh, approached Giovanni with this plan while he was drinking liquor at his desk. Yeah, he was totally drunk and signed off on this. Yes, he was hiccuping. Um, he's like, okay, this sounds like a good plan. Uh, <laughs> this, explains, this explains a lot about Giovanni and Team Rocket That they're general. actually bumbling idiots. Yeah, yes. we know. So the Slowpoke also has an effect where it makes people high? Yeah, so... This part was interesting because we've never gotten that sort of, like, implication at all before ever. Like, I mean, we had the whole, like, Slowpoke tail thing, but nobody's ever mentioned, like, oh, Slowpoke has a, I don't even know what you would call it, like, an aphrodisiac, like, effect on people where they start rolling around, like, in the grass. Like, like an, it's like ecstasy. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it exudes that. I guess, I think it's just this giant Slowpoke. Is, is it just because it's so dopey and, like, stupid that, like, it just has this aura around it that affects don't, don't people? Don't say aura. Aura. Oh, God. Oh, no. Giovanni thinks this is a... The plan was make everyone into, like, a stupor, and then Team Rocket comes in and, like, I don't know, steals shit. Yeah. But that doesn't work out because it just makes Team Rocket have the same effect. It affects all their scientists. Like, all the scientists working on it also started, like getting high and so then they lost the will to continue their plan of world domination and then slowpoke itself escaped by jumping into the data system i guess yeah so even giovanni he he himself says that he was overtaken by the calming aura of the slowpoke and it was able to escape and he starts having like acid flashbacks in his <laughs> <Yeah>. office <laughs> oh my god i love it this is the best version of giovanni ever too bad we only see him for this one time. Meanwhile, Ash and Gary, um, they're trying to get the Slowpoke. I guess it got away from uh, Jesse and James by putting them into a inebriated state. And the Slowpoke is now causing havoc on the populace. 
because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quote Gary. You have to quote Ash first. I don't know what he said. What did he say? Well, basically, they get into this argument where Ash's like stance is, well, isn't Slowpoke taking over people's minds a good thing? Because everybody would just get along with each other. Oh right, right, right. And then Gary has a rebuttal, and he says, "Oh no, see." All those office workers took one look at the slowpoke and abandoned their jobs. If this keeps up, how will they pay their mortgages? Arcanine, <laughs> we have to rescue the nuclear family from certain collapse. I love that so much. It's just gotten, it, it devolves into this absurdist, like, we have to save people from themselves. Because if we don't, the slowpoke's going to make society collapse. Oh my god. Gar- Gary's insane. Okay. He is insane. I love him. Slowpoke attacks Arcanine, but Slowpoke also attacks itself. Oh yeah, every attack it does, it also affects itself. Everyone tries to attack Slowpoke, it doesn't work, because Slowpoke's like a god. <laughs> and eventually it like surfs away into the sunset, and Gary gives like a whole soliloquy on Slowpoke as a free-natured being who cannot be contained, and they were foolish to try. And he's, and he's like, farewell, Slowpoke, the end. And Ash is like, no, this isn't done. We're not over d- done here yet. <laughs> this is just, it's silly. It's farce. It is. It's the, it's, I, w- I was partially thinking to myself, I'm like, how would, how would have this worked in like an anime episode? But it never would because their personalities are just too. Way too different. different. No. All right. Team Rocket comes back. Justin James. They catch it in a net. But Ash actually starts to command the slowpoke to headbutt them away. They both try and catch it. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to jump in and say, I I had a problem with Team Rocket in this little side what? chapter. What? Because, we, as we just discussed, all the other times we've seen Team Rocket in, like, the main story, I guess, they didn't really care about Ash. They didn't care so much for Ash. They weren't after Pikachu. None of that stuff was really happening. But in this, they kind of, for some reason, out of the blue devolve into the the kind of team rocket that we know where they're single-mindedly focused on catching ash and ash's pikachu and all that because they do they catch pikachu in a net and they're like i wasn't even paying attention i was like this is just silly (laughs) well yeah but like on top of that but i was like oh no like you know it's oh this is the team rocket that we like know in the show where they're just focused on ash like that's what they were trying to do in this and i'm like since when did that happen though because none of the established interactions we've had with team rocket prior to this have indicated that they had anything to do with or wanted anything to do with pikachu so for them to go into like their normal team rocket mode i was like oh that's a tired old joke but anyway what matters is team rockets blasted off again yay and ash and gary both try to catch snowpoke but ash is the one who catches it in a kind of an interesting way too he has squirtle shoot a hydro pump at it with the pokeball on the hydro pump yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. gary however wins in the end because he trades ash a foil limited edition trading card of his sister may oak which ash happily trades the giant high slowpoke for because i guess he thought gary had a picture of his sister like nude or something yeah that I, that was gonna be my question to you because that's the implication right because there's like yeah. a there's a middle panel where he's like ash is visibly like flustered and the way that Gary is sort of like teasing Ash with it, I thought, oh, this is a like a nude photograph, and Ash—that's yeah, what Ash like, thinks, like a like a creeper locker room shot kind of thing. Yeah, because the next panel after that is like, oh, Gary's like 
oh, what did you think? This is just an embarrassing picture of her eating something. Like, it's like a candid camera photo of, like, her, like, mid-bite of something. And Ash is like, oh, this isn't what I thought. So the implication, I think, for sure is it was a, a, a nude photograph questions okay yeah anyway uh, the, yeah the, the slow poke evolves into a slow bro everyone in the world is high on the slow poke slash bro and they're all in a in entranced by it so i guess you know the middle class collapses or whatever gary was afraid of <laughs> society is over yeah society is effectively defunct meowth is still tied to a table about to be dissected live um, Ash and Gary have forgotten about this, and they are off being brats in the woods somewhere. The end. Cute. But not really the end, because we have a second end. <gasps> the epilogue! Alright, this is where things get truly wild. Really? Oh. Oh, god, yeah. Okay, okay. I have so many questions. Okay, we should note this epilogue <laughs> is called, One More Message of the Future, Wild Type. Wild Type. Which is a reference to the Japanese ending song, Type Wild. Is it? Okay. Any more yep. facts about that or that was it? That was it. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I guess the first thing to note is the sort of like, I don't even know what you would call this. Kind of like the the intro drawing to the chapter. It's James and Jesse, right? Mm-hmm. And Meowth is there. And Jesse's seated and James is like, standing behind her with her his arms around her sort of upper torso area but jesse is visibly got something going on jesse's nine months pregnant yeah <laughs> uh i have so many questions all right go for it i mean that's my question oh. like <laughs> in this iteration i guess they're like a family I, one or both of them has on either an engagement ring or a wedding ring i think it's an engagement ring yeah, so this this iteration of Jesse and James, they're clearly like a, a couple versus yep. the brotherly, sisterly thing we get in the show. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. Um, it, It's early days still. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you would not... They would not have Jesse pregnant in a modern day officially licensed thing. No. No. But again, like I can't. Really... We say that. We say that. Watch the ending of Journeys being flashing forward in the future, and Jesse and James are married and have children. Oh my god! <laughs> but see, I don't know. Like, part of me, this obviously exists in a completely different universe, so I'm not really mad about it because I'm like, this is not the Jesse and James that we know, quote unquote. Like, we barely even saw them in the story. So, I mean, who's to say that this version of them isn't like romantically involved? but <laughs> they clearly are i mean clearly in this version yes but i i don't know i mean i'm not i'm not like i don't have an opinion on it because i'm like okay this is just a different version of them i mean n never could that happen in the show but <laughs> it's weird it's a it's a totally different take on them because they're much more like down to earth and family oriented i guess anyway so yeah so we get that little family portrait Delia's out in the front yard of her house. There is no Mimey, by the way. Nope. There's no Mr. Mime. She's out, you know, on the, the driveway, and all of a sudden, Jesse and James, well, she doesn't know who they are, but they pull up in their hover car, and they deliver her a letter from Ash, and they open up, or she opens up the letter, they drive away, 
And she's like reading it to May. May is there in the house. Gary also got a letter to her. Which we don't see. see. Right. But I'm, I'm assuming it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Ash is basically telling her in his letter that he's traveling with Gary now. Which that was kind of fun. In Johto? Question mark? Question mark? I have no idea. Or, or are they? <laughs> They're up to all kinds of misadventures, according to his letter. And I'm guessing... So he's like, like this is happening. And we're seeing these like cutaway photos. I guess he battled... Is that supposed to be Lieutenant Surge? It looked like Lieutenant Surge. Yeah. Like a really, really muscly Lieutenant Surge with a mustache. And like he's got like a bandolier of pokeballs on his it looked kind of cool actually yeah he was it was a cool iteration of, of surge i thought some other stuff like getting chased by a pack of slow pokes and this also he's like having a train of thought as he's like writing because there's also like a part where he's like and don't tell mom about this suggestive thing with situation with misty in a jacuzzi the time i fucked misty in a hot tub right and then mom and may are like blushing they're like, Ash, you're not supposed to write that out. <laughs> so they censored this. In what way? They added a swimsuit to Misty that wasn't <gasps> there. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I have to go back and look at the panel because I didn't recognize that at all. So she's supposed to be like, what, topless? I think she has a towel on. Oh, okay. But the most interesting part of this whole thing that he's writing out to her is the time that he met the legendary Pokemon. Yeah, but also the movies have been happening, apparently. We didn't know about it. But without Misty and Brock, or Tracy, he's having all these adventures with Gary. Because Gary and him meet Lugia. Right. I don't know. I really like this, like, what he writes. I just, I, I wrote it down. Can I read the quote? Go out? for it. Or did also, you have Lugia looks Lugia looks cool. Yeah. Talk about that, visually. L- Lugia has, like, a very, like, menacing glare to it. It looks really awesome. Ho-Oh still hasn't appeared, but Lugia's here. Oh, yeah, we never got the Ash seeing Ho-Oh flying through the sky thing at the beginning. This is an alternate universe, Ash. That's true. Which I appreciate, because, again, he doesn't have, like, the chosen one vibe. He's just a talented trainer. And another alternate universe, he's the rainbow hero. Oh, God. (laughs) I like that movie. Okay. Is that I Choose You? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was a good movie, but I don't know. I mean, I prefer this because... He's not the chosen one. He's not like a special celebrity, like best friend. I mean, he's just a kid that just happens to be talented and he's not favored by everyone. (laughs) Well, he still has an existential moment with Lugia. Yes. So this was cool. But I think this isn't really so much like Lugia, like talking to him and like chosen one bullshit with Slow King and all that. I think this is just the kind of sense that he was overcome by and like emotions that invoked that were invoked in him by seeing Lugia. Like, these were just his own personal thoughts, like, if if that makes sense. But anyway, the quote was, It was so noble-looking. The wisdom in its eyes made me feel like I was in the presence of some kind of ancient deity. I've learned so much on my trainer journey about Pokemon, about the world, about Pikachu, but there's still so much I want to know. Like, what's beyond that hill? What's on the other side of the ocean? What's in that place where the earth meets the sky? So I'm not ready to stop traveling yet. Hope you're not disappointed in me, Mom. I'll call you soon. See you. I thought it was sweet. I don't know. There was something like kind of poignant and touching about that. I knew you would like the Delia ending. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's more like I'm touched by like Ash having these sort of existential kind of thoughts, like just this curiosity, you know, versus like him being kind of a dumb fuck in the anime. 
he has kind of a like a wanderlust sort of energy and i'm like okay right. knowledge the pursuit of knowledge the pursuit of like wanting to be a better person like i don't know i just it kind of was touching i want to see more adventures i know that was the thing like it really left you with this sense of like what's next you and know the journey continues <laughs> And it's sad because we never... And and the other part, too, is he actually cares enough about Delia to write home, which I know we've ragged a lot on Ash about how he hates Delia, but he actually seems to care for her in this. At least a little. A little. But yeah, you're right. It kind of made me sort of, like, sad because that was the end, and, like, we never got any more of these volumes after this. Well, guess what? What? There's more content. Ooh, what? Tell me. Toshihiro Ono did an adaptation of the first movie. Oh. We could cover this later if you want to in more detail. That'd be interesting. Audience, let us know if you would find that interesting. There's a fan translation of it on the internet. Basically, it's Mewtwo's origin, but there's no child clone or any of that. Instead, it's Mewtwo and Dr. Fuji. And I think they have like a parental relationship. And Dr. Fuji's like... You have to kill me, or Giovanni will get you, or something like that. I don't know. I've looked at it once. I don't know much about it. Okay. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be canon to this or whatever, but just touch the note. That exists. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, that wraps up the the, uh, saga of the Electric Tail Pikachu. Overall, what did we think? I mean, we've already discussed this at length. It's, It's fun. It's interesting. It's different. Yeah, there's nothing else quite like it within this franchise. I like it. I do too. Overall, I would say solid A. I I didn't really necessarily like, quote unquote, that they kind of sort of sort of ran parallel towards the anime at the end. I liked it when it was divergent. I mean, it still was. I think it was different enough, but it was it was cute. The art was good. I know we've talked about this before, but thank you, Austin. Thank you for introducing that to all of us. Hopefully our listeners enjoyed reading through that, reading, quote unquote, through that with us. I think this is relatively well known. It was very available in the 90s. But here we are in 2022 talking about it. Exactly. So if you hadn't read it as a child or back then, hopefully, you know, this was interesting for you guys to listen to. But what are we doing next time? Now that we're done, that was basically all of that media. Where do we go from here, Austin? The journey continues. Where do we go? Next time, I guess we're going back to the anime. We've been saying this for a couple episodes now, but what are these next two episodes called? Viva Lost Lapras and the Underground Roundup. Okay. The the current plan is Jacob will not be rejoining us until after that. So these next two episodes are going to be you and I. I guess. Okay. So, audience, next week's episode will be the next two orange islands anime episodes which austin and i will be doing jacob is still mia but after that i'm assuming we're continuing on with the anime watching and jacob will be joining us then is that the plan i guess it's yeah we should maybe plan for this stuff because i know we've been saying we're gonna do this side or the other but as we all know life kind of gets in the way sometimes so we would appreciate you guys joining us for whatever we have next who knows it's kind of a mystery bag (laughs) Uh, who knows We'd like to thank everyone for listening. As always, we appreciate it. If you have any questions for us, comments, or just want to give us a shout, feel free to do so. Our Gmail account is outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. Again, outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at outofdryingpan. That is outofdryingpan. And we look forward to seeing you all back here next week as the journey continues. 